Welcome, everybody, to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast at Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorigination.com. Before we get started today, I'd love to remind you, if you like what we do, please leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a ton of visibility. Share this wherever you found it. Google Play, Stitcher, uh, tune in. You got the new Google Play, uh, the new uh, Android podcast store, so that's a cool one. Uh, but you can subscribe wherever you find us. Again, we'd love to have you as part of our family. And if you've ever thought that you wanted to start a podcast, our podcast host, Podient, is actually offering all of our listeners an opportunity to have a 14-day free trial of their premium members and get 25% off your first three months of that premium membership. All you got to do is sign up at Podient. That's P-O-D-I-A-N-T dot C-O. Use the offer code LONGHORN again to get 25% off your first three months of a premium membership. And what comes with that, man? They do all the analytic work for you, which is the big deal in podcasts. You want to know how many subscribers you have, how many downloads you get, averages. They tell you where people come from. It's all really awesome. So again, you can sign up for 25% off your first three months of premium premium using the offer code LONGHORN. Sound like you had to say something, Kyle. Oh, okay. Well, my name is Gerald Goodrich. I'm your host this week, like I am every week, and I'm joined by my good friend, the illest, the realest, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Uh, vive la France. My, uh, my World Cup picks came right, and there's few things I like more in the world uh, than Texas Longhorns football, um, good barbecue, right. um, a, a burger from you know a good place in Houston, and being correct. Uh, maybe that last one most you can ask my girlfriend, but, um, but yeah, uh, Vindicated, the World Cup was a lot of fun this year, even though U.S. wasn't in it. Um, if you're not soccer fans, hopefully you got a chance to watch even just a little bit. Um, great final, great, uh, great, great week, couple weeks, I guess, watching that, filling in the the morning times. Um, apologies to the boss for uh, for streaming some of those, but anyways, um, yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Uh, get excited, man! Uh, football is uh, it's coming home. It's getting close. First off, having known you for the better part of two decades, I can confirm Kyle likes being right more than basically anything else on the face of the planet. Uh, and yeah, we are we are right around the corner from football season, so we've got some football news for you, and we've got the next of our team preview. So let's just jump into our our news this week. So Tom Herman, the preseason award watch lists are coming out. It's watch list season, my favorite season of the year. That's a lie, but but actually, I hate watch list season. We really honest with you, but. Tom Herman was named to the Dodd Trophy Coach of the Year Award watch list. He's one of 20 that have been named for actually it's a pretty prestigious award and it takes into account uh, not just the team's success on the field but it looks at graduation rates, community service opportunities and the team's APR that that valuable academic progress rate. So Kyle, um, you know, there are some people that are eating the apple for Texas this year, and, and this continues to be part of that that apple that is getting bitten. Uh, does does this feel like too much hype going into a season where we still don't know who's going to be the guy under center for the Longhorns? It's a great honor, but it's kind of interesting. Like I said, I think the fact that it's it takes into things other than just your performance on the field, and obviously Bobby Dodd was the coach at Georgia Tech, where um, they make they make smart people come out of that school. So hopefully that's. Um, that's a good thing. It, it's scholarship, leadership, and integrity um, are the kind of pillars of, of that. So um, I think that's an honor for sure to be to be nominated. And, and the list is is strong, including another uh, Texas connection with former um, 
or I guess current Boise State head coach Brian Harson, um, former offensive coordinator here on the Forty Acres, uh, as well as Will Muschamp, um, currently of course head coach at South Carolina, being in the short list of I think twenty. Um, so that's pretty good, pretty good representation there for Texas's past and future. Um, and the names really are a who's who on this list. So um, right where someone affiliated with UT, and, and I think Coach Herman from everything we've seen um, should be. So. Uh, Congrats to him for making it. I guess uh, go put a good product on the field and keep the standards off the field. And one more thing to add to the old uh, the old trophy cabinet. Yeah, getting on the list with guys like Dabo and and you know the the guy who just won a national championship, whose name I do not want to say, but you know who he is. Uh, getting on any sort of list with them is is a good uh, a good indicator. But again, yeah, they've got to prove it on the field. They got to continue to to put a worthwhile product on the field. Sorry, I, I just control F and I don't see uh, last year's national championship coach Scott Frost on this list. So is that I think who you're talking about? <laughs> University of Central Florida and current Nebraska head coach, last season's national championship head coach. Scott Frost. Well, the, the fine print on the Dodd Trophy is that you can't be in your you know, first year of the school to be eligible for the uh, for the award. Gotcha. So, gotcha. yeah, yeah, Scott Frost unfortunately is not uh, not eligible for the. He'll be there next year though uh, when he takes Nebraska to their own. We can claim a national championship. Uh, so. People that maybe know the situation a little more closely, the the Big 12 media, um, you know, we're right on the corner from Big 12 media days, and and the preseason poll came out based, you know, it's the it's the Big 12 media that uh, votes in the preseason poll, and and Texas was the fourth ranked team in that poll. They got one first place vote. Um, I know who didn't vote for them, Kirk Bowles, who did not vote Vince Young for Heisman. I'm still salty about that. <laughs> Fifteen years later, uh, but it's fine. So Texas comes in at number four. After after OU, uh, you know, kind of anticipated to repeat West Virginia, and then Texas Christian all round out the top three. Texas is in that four slot. So does this maybe feel more uh, indicative of where Texas is going to shape up uh, when all when when all the chips are down and and the the season's over? Is, is four feel like a more accurate prediction uh, for them this year? Um, I mean, six and three in conference. If that gets you fourth place, I'm I'm pretty happy with it. Uh, maybe an eight and four um, record in a bowl win gets you nine wins is a good year. If we can do better than that, that's that's great. Um, I, you know, I, I think the conference right now is Kansas is probably going to be last, and there's going to be Safe some people in front of the <laughs> yeah um, our eternal rival Kansas after a couple years ago. But uh, there's going to be some people in front of that in a lower tier, and there's going to be some people ahead of that in the upper tier. And I think Texas is squarely. Um, secured itself the way it looks in that upper tier. Um, I think you know TCU, obviously OU, West Virginia, and UT are the, are they going to be the four? Uh, whatever order that that ends up in, I think OU after their season last year, even with replacing it, obviously belongs at the top of that list. Even with Will Greer in West Virginia, you know we'll see exactly just how good they are, especially on the other side of the ball. We'll talk about that, but um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you could make a case that TCU. Um, is replacing more than UT, so maybe they're fourth and we're third. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm really fine. I think that's a good place. I don't want to overinflate our current status until, you know, we're coming off repetitive 10-win seasons like a team that's below Texas and Oklahoma State, So, um, which we're going to talk about today. But, uh, but yeah, so um, I'm okay with it. I think I'd love to exceed it for sure, and I think 
I think this year we have the capability to do it, but it, it's a good starting place. If there if there's a year for Texas to reestablish themselves, it's going to be this year because again, the Big Twelve is in such flux. I mean, basically every team in the conference not named West Virginia and kind of OU have questions at quarterback. Uh, so I, I'm interested to see if, if if Texas can reestablish itself and get back into that top three. I, I'm a firm believer that the Big 12 is at its best when Texas and OU are one and two. That's just my own personal conviction. So um, let's get back to those days and and let's let's climb out of that four spot. Uh, keeping in line with these with these preseason uh, awards, uh, Texas had a couple of players named to the preseason All Big 12: uh, Chris Boyd and Breck Hager. Fan of the uh, not fan of the podcast. I don't know if you ever listened to it, but friend of the show we'll call him Breck Hager uh, named uh, to the preseason all big 12 list some things to note zero Texas offensive players on this list which uh, is fitting after the offense that they put on the field a year ago so um, do you let's spin it forward to the end of the year do you see uh, Texas having more players maybe on the postseason big 12 list than they do right now I mean two is what what's I guess we'll set the line at two you call it over or under for the uh, for the post season big 12 awards uh over obviously i think having no offensive guys is a little bit ridiculous i mean we've i've had this conversation on this podcast off this podcast with you and with many others um colin johnson has every bit of talent to be there there's a lot of really really good receivers in uh in the big 12 so i get that but i mean Lil jordan humphrey and colin johnson both have opportunities to make it there um let me just let me just set the scene for you also um it's a dark. It's a dark room. Sun hasn't risen. Uh, camera pans in. You know the the rooster crows to the sound of the clinking of weights. Clink, 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 clink. A man's biceps. First, you think it's his waist, but no, it's actually his biceps. That's Gary Johnson, whose chip on his shoulder has just grown by being spurned yet again. Gary Johnson not being on this list is ludicrous. I love Breck Hager, um, and I think he's going to be a machine. But Gary Johnson needs to be on that list uh you, you want him on that wall um you know he he <laughs> nice uh yeah he uh he is such a mammoth of a man and with no malik he he is the guy who to me i think is and we'll, we'll talk about this in our preseason preview but has a chance to really just step up and be the fast smart strong tackle absorbing machine with biceps as big as as most men's you know uh upper torsos and uh and and we saw it in the missouri game i mean the guy, the guy is a playmaker when you know when when he gets the chance. So um, I am, am bullish on Gary Johnson. So uh, I, I'm taking the over with with good confidence over two. Yeah, I think I think John, uh, Johnson or Wheeler, I think both have a legitimate shot uh, at it. I think Texas is definitely going to have um, more guys on the postseason watch list. And again, I think offensively, not going to be a running back. Probably Colin Johnson, maybe somebody in that tight end spot. We'll see how that shakes out. Maybe Reese Laytow surprises us all and gets gets uh, gets his game going this year. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I don't know who it'll be on the offense, but I just feel like we got to get one this year. I mean, maybe maybe it's Calvin, maybe it's Calvin Anderson. We've we've been hyping that guy, and maybe that's the good sign that our offense looks good. That's the the piece we needed. But uh, I do think the other guy. We we talked a little bit about Breck, but I do think that. Chris Boyd is is my pick. The way he played in the second half of the year, I think he's he's not just preseason all Big Twelve. I think he's got a chance to be All American next year. I think I feel that with every bit of my heart, with every conviction that um, is is the struggles that we called out on this podcast that he had last year. That he, I'm so happy to see him getting this recognition, and he has every chance to blow past just Big Twelve at the end of the season. Yeah, abso- absolutely. So um, a, a team that again did uh, did. 
meet our expectations, exceed our expectations. The baseball team this year, we I feel like we can't get away from baseball. It's like a bad penny. Um, so Texas baseball coach David Pierce was named Baseball America's Coach of the Year this year. Big ups to Coach Pierce. So uh, Kyle, you're the baseball guy, and and we won't spend a ton of time on here because we've talked a lot about uh, reflecting on this season. But what does this do for the credibility of of Pierce and the Texas baseball team uh, as they move forward and continue to try to recruit and push things uh, to where they need to go? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Coach Pierce is one of the best coaches in baseball right now, hands down. The, the performance he did, um, he didn't bring home a national championship, but is up there with anything that I think any Texas coach in, in my lifetime with anything Augie um, has really done. Um, just an incredible, incredible season. Um, I, I, you know, I think um, all the players drafted his first year and then losing a bunch again, this year he's he's got some more talent coming in and when you don't have 11 which was nuts um go the year before coming into this season I think he has a chance to be even better and, and this will be another chance to prove himself as one of the finest coaches in the country coming up in this season um but I think he proved it every bit that that he's the guy for the Texas job and and I think that run which again I'll, I'll just say was a Cinderella run is something I'll always uh think back on fondly um this is well, well warranted and, and, you know, a good job by the, by the folks who award that, uh, that making the right decision. Cause I think there's probably, you know, some, some trendy picks, um, for that. But I think what Pierce did with what he had, uh, was the best job in the country. We are 46 days away from kickoff, and that means we are deep into our season preview. This week, it is the Oklahoma State Cowboys, so we have the privilege of welcoming on Micah Allen of Cowboys Ride for Free, our SB Nation Oklahoma State site. Micah, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. How are you guys? I- I'm good. I'm I'm uh, on vacation for the next couple of days, so I'm feeling great. Uh, I've just learned that we're only 46 days from uh, the season, so I'm doing wonderfully. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, so if you've uh, if you haven't listened to one of these interviews before, we're going to keep it really simple. Uh, we're going to ask some questions. Mike is going to answer the questions to the best of her ability, uh, and we will have a good time while doing it. So, uh, Micah, we we have this thing going. Uh, where really every week when we talk to somebody, it's like, hey, you've got a new quarterback. So let's just start there. Hey, you've got a new quarterback. Uh, Mason Rudolph is gone, drafted by the Steelers. Uh, he is one of the, if not the most productive quarterback in school history. I think when I was doing my research, he holds or shares all but one passing record for Oklahoma State. Uh, so how, like, what's, what are the Cowboys going to do to kind of replace a guy like that? Well, so... You don't really replace a guy like Rudolph. He's kind of a once in a blue moon type of quarterback. Um, I had the privilege of watching him all four years that I was in school there. So um, that was just amazing. Um, and you, 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 you just try to find someone that can come into a role after someone like that and not focus so much on, oh, I'm the quarterback behind Mason Rudolph, more along the lines of, you know, I'm going to kind of do my own thing, make my own legacy, um, that type of thing. So I feel like you replace him by not trying to replace him, (laughs) I guess, if that makes sense. Um, You just try to kind of find the best guy for the job. Every, you know, every, every, it feels like everybody in the Big 12 is going through this right now. So if you're not West Virginia, you're, you're doing that right now. (laughs) Absolutely. And so 
that that actually leads us to Texas. We had kind of this great quarterback, Vince Young, leaves, and, and it's not always a clean transition. Colt was the next guy, but there was kind of an interim little piece named Jevin Sneed in there. And so um, I've looked at uh, I've looked at the roster, and I know you have a couple a couple names. So you may not be able to say this is the guy for sure for the next four years uh, or a couple years, but do you have someone who right now is is leading the pack on on day one who you expect to be under center? I can tell you who's leading my pack, who I want it to be. Um, and that's Spencer Sanders. Um, I've just, I've really been hyped on him since we got him. Um, he's, you know, Gatorade player of the year, um, four star, who, which has been a long time since we've had a four star roll into Stillwater. Um, and just found out a couple days ago that he's going to wear Brandon Weenan's number. <laughs> so that's kind of cool. Um, Can't go wrong. And, you know, here in Stillwater, we kind of like dudes with the last name of Sanders because they win Heisman's. So, you know. Wow. Um, no pressure. <laughs> Heard it here first. Spencer Sanders will win a Heisman. Okay. Um, but, yeah, so I really like Spencer Sanders. But at the same time, I, at this point, you know, I, just the way that Gundy's brain works and the way that he tends to do quarterbacks, I think it's going to be Taylor Cornelius. Um been there the longest kind of was the guy that was behind Rudolph um had the chance to learn from him so um I think I really think Cornelius will be the guy at the start of the season but at the same time you know this new NCAA rule change of being able to play four games before you burn your red shirt kind of changes things up a little bit so I think Sanders will get the chance to play I just don't know if he's going to be our starting quarterback all season so all right so um a lot of times when when there is an untested quarterback or a quarterback that maybe you uh, you have some questions about, there's a guy that they can go to in the passing game. Like, that's the guy. Like, he can bail the quarterback out. Uh, but Oklahoma State is in a really I don't want, un- un- unenviable position where you lost you know, the top two guys at receiver who both I still have nightmares about uh, to this day. Uh, you know, James Washington, Bolitnikoff winner, uh, and Marcel Aitman, who is a guy that Kyle and I raved about uh, both before and after the Oklahoma state game last year so right. uh who's the guy to look out for now in the passing game that whoever does end up not under center because that's a 20 year old verbiage but behind the center whoever ends up behind the center uh who's going to be the guy to, to look out for to be on the receiving end of those passes um i think that's going to be Jalen mccluskey he was kind of the guy in that number three spot behind um Aitman and washington and he was able to get 642 receiving yards after two guys that received uh, over a thousand yards. So, I mean, that's kind of a big deal to still get that much yardage whenever you're behind two guys that are over a thousand. Um, so I kind of think he's kind of the next progression of who that guy's going to be. He's a senior. Um, so he's going to kind of bring in that leadership role, I think too. Um, going to be able to kind of calm whoever it is down if they need it, um, different things like that too. So I really think it's going to be Jalen McCluskey had a great season last year and um, kind of he he had some, some he had some times where he was a little bit could learn a little bit but I think I think he did from those situations and I think he's going to come out and have a really great season so so it surely can't be that you have the next uh, James Washington Aitman you know uh Bryant any of these guys who have just given Texas fans nightmares let's say no one's going to break 100 next uh, next time against that vaunted Texas recruiting defensive back. I, we can all come away. Maybe 99 is fine. We'll all come away feeling like we won. Um, 
No, I, I just remember last year the the Texas. I was writing the preview for this game, and I was like, "Oh, uh, OU is number one offense heading into this into this game. We we held them enough that they they dropped to number whatever it was two. Oh, and we get to play Oklahoma State, who's now the number one offense in the country. So that's always fun, you know. Uh, always look forward to this one, um, though it was a, a defensive slobber knocker last year. But let's just hope that uh, they can at least just be average uh, against Texas one game. <laughs> Wide receiver university, that's all I'm saying. For sure. That, For sure. that is actually a, a really accurate statement at this point. It's um, so a guy who, you know, we both love for his on-the-field play and his off-the-field name game, Justice Hill, back for another year. Uh, but there are some questions along the offensive line. Uh, Hill has rushed back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Uh is is with the changes on the offensive line there's some turnover uh is is he gonna do you anticipate him doing just kind of what he does um and what's what kind of just what is dimension does that bring to the offense for uh for the cowboys um i definitely think justice hill is still gonna do justice hill things um <laughs> he's still gonna be able to get that extra you know five yards or so each play um you know we still have a lot of really good guys on our offensive line and they're returning um, a name in particular that comes to mind is Marcus keys. Um, he's still going to be there. Um, we've got Johnny Wilson coming in. who's probably going to play center. Um, I just think he's still going to do justice Hill things and play his game. I really don't think that the problems at offensive line are going to affect him. Um, I think he's just going to do what he does. Um, Gundy's still going to have the running game that he wants to have. Um, I think what's going to impact him more is the other running backs that are coming up. Um, I think that's going to impact his season more than the offensive line will. Um, we've got okay. a guy named Shelba Hubbard coming up. Um, Another great That's going to be really good. He was uh, he was retrograded last year, but he's going to probably get some playing time this season. So I think that's going to impact justice more than offensive line yeah you you just need to quit recruiting the best names uh, in college football for your running backs justice hill sounds like you'd be in a, a spaghetti western and, and chubba hubbard actually sounds i think that was an actual 1990s alternative rock band so um <laughs> that that could be interesting but you know so i think justice hill was one of like 15 or 16 guys last year who got 250 carries I, are you saying you think he's gonna get less or it's just because you have the young quarterback you're gonna see more guys and it's just gonna be a more run heavy offense from what uh, what Stoops and, and the offense are doing. Or excuse me, oh my gosh, Gundy. I'm sorry, I said Stoops. Not now. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, mia culpa, mia culpa. You know, I think I think that he, Justice got, he, Justice honestly got more carries last year than I wanted him to um, ah. with, the wide, with the wide receivers that we had. Um, sure. I'll just, you know, you guys both probably know that the game is just so hard on running backs and I don't want him to get hurt, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I definitely see him kind of sharing the load a little bit more next year um, because we have those guys coming up too. So. And a, and a common misconception about the Oklahoma state offense is that it's a pass first offense where in, in actuality it's, it's a, it is a, pr- a run heavy offense where you have guys year after year getting 250 carries and, and, sniffing at if not getting over a thousand yards so um it doesn't really I don't think anything's going to change for the offense do you no I don't really see anything changing either I think they're just going to play the same the same game they play yeah so one thing that will be different you got a new uh, new defensive coordinator to move to that other side of the ball um I think Glenn Spencer after about almost a decade is is out there um filling a lot uh, of talent kind of uh, with three of the top four tacklers and and losing kind of top run stuffer in the backfield defensive tackle um you know, 
this is going to be a little bit different defense with a new coordinator, new look. Um, you have some talent coming back, but I mean, what's your initial gut feeling on on where this defense looks, you know, coming into this season? Um, so Glenn Spencer was running a four three, um, and Knowles likes to run a four two five. Um, and what scares me about that is we don't have five safeties. <laughs> So that's a problem. Um, but, you know, I think he's he's converting some guys. Um, one in name in particular is Kenneth Edison Magruder. Um, he's moving to safety in uh, what he calls a bandit spot. So that's going to be your strong safety. Um, and then we've got Calvin Bundage, who's a who's just a, who's just been a stud for us. Um, and he's going to he's just going to be awesome in that linebacker spot. Um, and then obviously, you know, y'all mentioned Justin Phillips um, and. Um, just a just a couple couple big guys that are returning, but I still am kind of worried about us having the players to run the defense that Jim Knowles wants to run. Um, so that that we're just gonna see how this goes. Um, Kevin Henry is another big name that's coming back. Um, he was injured last season for a majority of the season, but uh, just has you know been really great for us he had a really great freshman year um but he's uh he's gonna come back and you know uh Patrick McCollum is another big name um he was a Juco defensive player of the year um so I definitely think he's gonna get some playing time too um so what I what I'm envisioning is Calvin Bundage and Justin Phillips being those two linebacker spots um you got Kevin Edison Magruder in that bandit position kind of a strong safety um, you still have that. He has a, he has a, uh, Jim Knowles has a Rover in his defense, which is a free safety, which would have been what Ramon Richards would have been. Um, mm-hmm. we moved him to safety. So that's going to be another big name that we're going to have to find somebody to replace his production, which I think is probably going to be, um, I, I really don't know. It's, it's hard to say because in our podcast, we were doing a, a backfield preview, and they were naming off the safeties, and I didn't know most of the names. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of like sophomores and stuff, right? Like young guys. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, we got a really young backfield, so that's that's going to be interesting to see how Jim Knowles ch- uh, deals with that challenge going forward. And I mean, I I have no doubt that he will, um, but it's just going to be an interesting first season going into that situation with what he's been used to at Duke um and what been recruit what's what's there for him um so we're just gonna have to see how that goes (laughs) and I think a 425 makes a lot of sense for a big 12 team It, it is a pass heavy league I mean you're not gonna outside of Kansas State you're not really gonna find many teams that you need to stop the run against predominantly so um that shift well, I think it'll work, pay dividends in the long run, but the transitional years are always interesting, but I think it's a transitional year for most of the uh, Big 12 offenses, so it may be, it may be good timing. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So one of the one of the last questions we want to ask is, you know, we're, we're, we're outsiders. That's why we're getting these people on mm-hmm. to, to, to ask these questions. And so as, as an insider, as somebody who's got their finger on the pulse, um, you know, what's the thing that you really want to watch out for this year, whether it's a specific position or something that you think is going to be, this is the key to success, a position battle, you know, what's the, what's the one thing that you really want to keep an eye on as, you know, the, the preseason starts rolling into, you know, the first game of uh, 2018. 
I want to know who our quarterback's going to be. <laughs> yeah. um, that's my biggest thing right now. Um, you know, with so many kind of in our little arsenal of quarterbacks, all having kind of different skill levels, different skill sets, you know, I, I'm i just really curious to see how that battle plays out. Um, you know, you've got Drew, uh, Drew Brown, who's a transfer from Hawaii, um, Spencer Sanders, Taylor Cornelius, uh, Keandre Woodsy. Um, all you have you have a lot of guys that are playing for that that spot. So I really am curious as to how Gundy goes about a finding him, and b you know do we end up doing kind of like a JW Walsh package where we might have two that we play that you know one is for passing, the other is for when we get into the red zone. Um, different things like that so that that'll be that'll be really interesting to follow it's always it's always tough shoes yeah to to fill to fill a mason rudolph type uh, but you'll get to watch him on sunday so that's which nice. is washington <laughs> so the the pits i almost called him the pittsburgh cowboys but that'll just cause some confusion they're, they're trying though they really are uh, yeah, all the world super bowls together if you do the pittsburgh <laughs> cowboys um so, <laughs> so one thing we like to do on this show um is we have a little game we play with the folks we bring on to interview um, called Over, Under, or Appropriately Rated. I'm sure you've heard about it. All the people are talking about it. Got the internet going nuts. Um, so we're going to ask you a series of questions, and we'll just have you respond and you say whatever you want. Explain yourself as much or as little as you want um, about how you feel if these things are overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated. So I will happily kick us off with um, overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated defining in your hairline follically defining where business and party exist <laughs> um i'm gonna say oh mm, underrated okay nice turn <laughs> the the I, I honestly think there's there's just it people are going insane over gundy's mullet <laughs> and i think it's well deserved um he's he's never He's never really been the kind of guy. I mean, he he he. You know, obviously, he has his moments of wanting to be in the spotlight, but he's he's always kind of you know been really serious. You know, all you know, just very very serious coach. But ever since the mullet, he's kind of just been really free, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> With the media, he's you know making jokes. He's doing all this stuff. So. I'm going to say it's underrated because Gundy's personality has changed a little bit since he grew out the mullet. That's very interesting to me. It's like by adding more hair, by covering the neck, he freed the personality. So good to know. Yeah. So this is this is something that is uh, – I'm really interested to hear your answer because I've experienced this. So uh, overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated, game days at Eskimo Joe's, and possibly specifically cheese fries. Cheese fries are underrated. They're – the probably the thing they might I honestly am willing to go on record saying they might be the thing I miss most about the water when I leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. They are like the best thing ever, especially whenever you get the sweet pepper bacon on top. Oh, oh of course. Mm. Um I I don't think I can go a game day without getting them. Um but you know, Eskimo Joe that whole block that Eskimojo's is on shuts down on game days and it's just a big block party where people are hanging out and it's just really it makes game day really fun um to see everybody just hanging out having a blast so i'm gonna say underrated 
Ask for Joe's on game day because it's it's it gets lit, as the kids say. <laughs> I will say, the, I walked into like the smaller part of the bar the first time I went, and I was like, okay, this is kind of a cramped, little terrible bar. And then I walked into like the open air area, and it's it it made a lot more sense why people like that place because if it had just been that first little room, I would it, I would have said it's overrated. The part that you walked into actually used to be Eskimo Joe's. Like that's what the it used to be, and then they expanded it. So. <laughs> All right, so my final one here, um, overrated, underrated, or appropriately rated, both the Heisman campaign and the web, uh, website-making skills for Oklahoma State returning senior punter, Zach Siner. Um, that was, that made for really a really fun couple days. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to say appropriately rated. Um, Absolutely. You know, he, he had fun with it. They let him have fun with it. Yeah. Uh, his, his, his word art skills are top notch. Um, is, is he still rocking the handlebar mustache? That's really the most important question I've ever asked. I, I don't think so. I haven't seen a recent picture of him, but I, I don't think so. Oh, man. The uh, Fumin is gone. He's, yeah, he's getting, yeah, he's getting serious. After a little bit of a letdown from his sophomore campaign, he's got he's to get back Mr. Miyagi style. He's training. I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> Well, well, Micah, thank you so much for for coming on. Where can the folks find you uh, if they wanna wanna interact with you on the internet? At Micah Allen eighteen, um, and then if you wanna follow the main account at Cowboys RFF. Awesome. Well, Micah, thank you so much for taking some time out on a Sunday night. We appreciate it. Not a problem. You guys have a great evening. You do the same. All right, you do. And now it's the part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions of college sports, hands down, one of our favorite traditions on the 40 Acres, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum. So Kyle, what are you banging the drum on this week? So um, we we hinted at it earlier in the the beginning of the show that uh, Big 12 media days are fast approaching, and we're recording this Sunday night as of Monday. Um, They will be uh, beginning. Um, All teams will be there. Texas, of course, will be represented by Coach Tom Herman, um, as well as as four players. Um, This season, uh, we have a couple names that you might expect. Um, We have Brecken Hager, who um, I am salivating at the chance for some Breck sound bites. Um, you know, the, 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 the one thing that man does better than, than, uh, groom some hair is give, give a, a, you know, salivating or the, uh, soundbite. So excited for him. Also, Andrew Beck, who, um, was a, a guy, uh, coaches and, and other people we've talked to, uh, around the program for a while have just been saying, uh, is a leader in that locker room and, and, you know, it showed it a little bit on the field, but we're hoping really this year he's, he's kind of got that leadership. He's bringing that there. So well-deserved for him. Um, and then Patrick Vahe, who's a guy who really is kind of the anchor and um, probably might have the most starts on, on the offensive side of the ball by, by a good amount um, of anyone on the team. So, so great to see him there. And then Chris Nelson, who I'm actually excited. He's a player I've liked for a while, and I'm glad to see he's kind of in that, in that, that mantle, that, that leadership role. Um, we'll be the four guys representing UT this year. And, and just a note, um, Texas obviously is taking none of its four quarterbacks or two quarterbacks who played last year, um, which might be a smart idea um, as the, as the, there's been no confirmed winner uh, or starter for day one. Um, but just to zoom out a little bit, in the last nine years, Texas has only taken a quarterback to Big 12 media days twice, and that was um, 2010's uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, Garrett, I'm sorry, 2010 Garrett Gilbert, Super Bowl winner, um, as well as 2013 uh, David Ash. So it, it really... Um, 
kind of is interesting when you zoom out and look at that. It's been a while since Texas has had that uh, stability and where they can pick four guys, five guys out of the, the roster and one of them is a quarterback, which is coming off the Vincent Colt days, a wild thing to think about. Yeah, I want to know when, what the what the numbers are on teams that bring four linemen to uh, to media days because like that's that's a rare sight. You got tight end, you got defensive end, you got defensive tackle, you got offensive guard slash tackle. Like what's I? That's just interesting to me that those. Now, granted, if I've got leaders in my program, maybe that's the that's where I want the guys to be. But uh, but I definitely like to see the quarterbacks being uh, being the guys that are out there in front. Uh, Ellinger is still young. Uh, and you don't want to put your quarterbacks out there for a question of who's going to be the guy who's going to be, cause that's always going to be the question. So you don't put them out there for that, but, um, you know what, May, maybe it's a good thing that, that the leaders of the team are, I'm going to spin this pot. We're looking half, we're looking glass half full. It's a good thing. Leaders on the Texas team are in the trenches. Yeah. I mean, it's Texas a lot like Arby's. Uh, we love the beef. Oh man! So uh, my bang the drum this week, Andrew Jones. Man, this is such a uh, such a cool story. Uh, if you don't know, if you haven't been following Texas basketball a year ago, Andrew Jones mid season was diagnosed with leukemia and had to go through treatment. Like literally left the team, went through treatment. Uh, was posting Instagram videos in the hospital. This is a guy who was leading leading the team that was possibly going to compete. You know, for a Big Twelve in, in the tournament. Um, you know, posting videos of him in chemotherapy and, you know, he's taken to Instagram recently to show some of his pro- uh, progress and, um, dude is dunking. He looks like he's in mid season form as far as physicality and physique goes. He does not look like somebody who is, you know, six months removed from, from a major, uh, medical treatment and, and major medical situation like that. So it's, it's sports aside. I'm just so glad to see a young man who has the world ahead of him getting, uh, getting an opportunity to, to continue to fight and continue to play and, and live out his dream of playing basketball. I guess it's just so cool to, to see somebody who, you know, six months ago, uh, was weighed, looked like a hundred pounds. He just looked, you know, just tight. He'd gone through, um, gone through fire and, and he came out swinging. So it's just so cool to see, um, the perseverance on that kid. You know, if he never puts on burnt orange again, he's a longhorn legend in my book, just, just for the, 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 the way he's handled himself through this process. And, and it's just so cool to see him back out, uh, in Gregory actually dunking on, dunking on the basket. So it's good to see that for sure. I mean, it's a beautiful sight and, uh, I mean, it's got us all optimistic that he, he might be, might be suiting up again. Like you said, it's not the most important thing, but you know, what a, what a great end to that story. It would be if he, he goes on to play and, and, you know, this is a piece of his story and, and, um, obviously not the, the end of the punctuation on his basketball side of things on the career. So I'm um, excited for that kid and to see what the future holds regardless for uh, for him. I've always been an emotional guy, but since my kid was born, I've been a crier. <laughs> and I will definitely shed a couple of tears when, when he comes out on the floor for the first time. Uh, but that's all we've got for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Kyle, where can the good folks find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kyle Carpenter. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at GH Goodrich. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. You can always shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. And remember, don't, for, uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating or a review wherever you found us. Thank you so much for tuning in again this weekend. Until next time, hook them. Hook them.